if you're going to tell a story, put it all in the one, I don't know, put it all in the one story or, or make it easy to find that story. And Please. that, I don't know, like I'll getting it work. from YouTube is going to be a completely different experience. You may fire when ready. What exactly is it that they do? Kick names. And here we go. Take out. Welcome to the podcast that gives you a fresh perspective on movies, comics, and pop culture. We aren't afraid to give you an honest take and won't pull any punches. This is Films in Black and White. Welcome to Films in Black and White, everybody. Hello, hello, everybody. Neither one of us is black. I just no, want to make that very no, clear. Just the two of us. This no. is an, this is this is the end of Black History Month, uh, going into Black History Year. So <laughs> we just felt it appropriate that although Marcus is, you know, out there doing his student affairs thing, that we just yeah keep the energy going, doing the best we can. You know, we're trying to yeah, we're trying to we're trying to live on. We're trying to live on that. Spirit. We're trying to persevere. Brian and I shortly before we started this episode, we're like, well. I don't know. Maybe he'll show up. Maybe he won't. We don't know. We'll find yeah. out. And so uh, for those who are joining us, my name is Doug Wagner, a.k.a. Whiplash. I will explain more of that in a, in a second. Um, we're thrilled to be with you all just to kind of get this at the top of what we're going to cover yeah. today. We're yeah. diving into some Last of Us, uh, episodes six and seven. We're also touching on some Star Wars. Uh, Brian is reporting live from Mandalore this week, which I'm I very am live from about. Mandalore. Live it's from Mandalore. desolate. Uh, it's... There's nothing living here. Something terrible happened here. <laughs> we don't know what happened. We don't know what. Don't know um, what. So we've got that. We also have a couple pieces of news here and there that'll be fun to talk about. Marcus might join us. I'm not going to lie yeah. to you. We're not sure. Like he might yeah. join us. He might not. He is currently living his best life uh, over there doing his job. He had a late event, so he is he's working. He's making that bag. Yeah, and that's what we're really he's, excited. He's for. doing it. He's doing yeah. it. Yeah. Acting like this isn't I mean, like what? what what's he doing? You know? Right. Yeah. He's got his priorities straight. Like he's actively <laughs> making sure he still can afford a place to live. But that's yeah, that's I guess. I guess that's important. Yeah. I guess it's important. Good point. Dan, damn Good you. Point. Damn you. Capitalism. <laughs> um, but but Brian and I are here. And Brian, yes. how are you, sir? How was the weekend? Just how you doing? <gasps> You know, uh, the weekend was was good. Uh, we are cruising into our family's like birthday week. Uh, and Doug, you have a birthday coming up too. So that I do. Uh, Thursday. Yeah. 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 Thursday. And uh, so, yeah, we got my wife's birthday on Friday. We got my son, my son Parker's birthday on Tuesday and then my birthday on Wednesday. So like we got. I got, we got to make sure we take care of my wife and then we got to do, we got to do the four-year-old's party. And then somewhere in there I'm having a birthday and then we're having like a big family party and then my parents are coming in. So like, we're, we're getting ready for it. Okay. Um, so we're like in big prep mode and it was nice. My sister-in-law took uh, our two oldest kids. So it was just, it was just me and Maggie just like with, with a one-year-old, it, it was a totally different world. So we got it's a little a whole different vibe. It, it is. really is. It, it really is. You just, you can like toss a Lego to a one-year-old and they're just, they're pumped. They're excited. Like I'm good. I'm sad until they, they get bored of it. But you know, this? you got the idea. What's this? Can I build with this? No, you can just have that to hold. They're no, like, I don't have just, to, I don't have to give it back. You're like, no, you can just, you yeah. can just have it. They're like, this is yeah. the best thing I've ever had. Right. Ever. This uh, sheet of paper, it's mine now. Excellent. Crinkle, crinkle. Fantastic. Very excited uh, about it. 
But Doug Whiplash Wagner, that's yeah. your, that's your uh, little little title here on the well, live stream. How how are you? Good, Brian. My my name is Whiplash because we are at this point of time in the year where <laughs> the weather just can't stay in its fucking no. lane. No, and it, it refuses. One day it it's refuses. like, hey, guess what, man? Like it's gonna be like forty degrees outside. It might even get up to fifty, yeah. and you're gonna go outside and you're gonna enjoy it, and then. You wake up tomorrow and you're like, I'm ready for that 50. And they're like, well, you better go somewhere else because it's not fucking here anymore. Not and here. it's now 30 and right. raining. And so right. it's just we're at the whiplash time of year where it's Got just it. like we're all over the place. One minute you're doing one thing. Next minute you're doing the other. There's really no better way to put it. And so yeah. it's just that's just how I'm feeling. And that's just the general shtick of things today. Yeah, no, I get it. We're we're definitely at least in the north and the Midwest. We're in that zone where it's just like I don't know. We don't really know if we're winter, or spring yet. Like, stay tuned. It's a surprise every yeah, day. We don't like, know. I'm, I'm done with surprises. I've been in the dark for three months. I would just I would like some warmth and sunlight, please. I'm uh, yeah. I'm I'm over it, everybody. Like I'm just I'm ready for it not to be a thing anymore. Um, but other than the weather, Brian, doing well. Had a good weekend. I actually have a quick like little mini review of an ep- oh. of a of a movie. So oh. Brittany what? is feeling under the weather. So okay. I took the kids, Harper oh, and Harrison. Yep, yeah, she's doing much better now. Good. Took them to a movie in a theater on <gasps> Sunday. Whoa. The two of just the two of them. On what'd Sunday. you see? We saw. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. How was that? Brian, this movie (laughs) is not like fucking around. Like it it is not like it's not messing around. In what in what sense? It looks like a children's movie. Like, how is it not messing? Like, how is it grabbing you by the collar? Not messing around. So there are several themes. Uh, Okay. by the way, Roman uh, Cochise Bear is a very different movie about a bear that exclusively listens to Audio Slave. That is (laughs) that's what that is. Um, It's not as good. Um, It's much more of a bummer of a movie. Um, For sure. For sure. So took them to the theater. And yeah, this movie is very good. So I don't want to give anything too major wow. away. Okay. But first off, Puss in Boots has the premise is Puss in Boots has used up all has used up eight of his nine lives. So he has okay. one left. And okay. all of a sudden in a bar somewhere, this wolf shows up and he's like, you want to just use up that last one? Like, I'm ready to take you. And he's like, uh, okay, assassin. And he runs away. And right away is very clear. Not an assassin actively supposed to be death. Like he's wearing a hood. He uses sides. And so this movie is about a cat that is going, that's basically grappling with the impending doom of its own like existence and has Whoa. to reevaluate and Brian and has to reevaluate what's important and what isn't. And that is dark, (laughs) but you know what? The kids loved it. (laughs) The kids they love bleak existential dread. They love they love really dark, foreboding existential crisis. That's all that they love. And so, Brian, that's the thing about this movie. And we, you know, you and I, you and I, being parents, we joke around about this a lot. That like, yes, animated movies are oftentimes for more adults in terms of like content in terms of like dialogue in terms of like things that you might hear off screen than it is for children. Children are kind of sometimes there for like the bright lights and sound. Like the Super Mario movie case in point. A hundred (laughs) percent. 
but this is another example of like, yeah, kind of because that yeah. whole like existential crisis flew right over their heads. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is. It is hard getting older and having to evaluate those things. <laughs> yep. Look at the cat. Like that's basically <laughs> me in the theater. And so, yeah, it was good. I was surprised with how much I enjoyed it. <laughs> look, look at the cat. Don't think about your impending end in this world of, of your mm -hmm. fickle fortunes and at any opportunities you've had that you might have missed or that you may they maybe won't come yet. Anyway, here's or cat. the regrets for the life that you've lived. Like right. that. It's like, oh my god. Wow. They really this? wow, you know, I had heard so I had seen some stuff on Twitter about this and like I didn't take it super seriously because it's like the internet, right? And I was like, oh, this must yeah. be like a how could you? Well, I just I was like, this must be like a Morbius thing. Like people are just like hyping it up or like, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe like some subset of people really like it. Hearing this, though, I'm like on board now because that is a solid that's a solid premise. And I'm surprised that's a that's in a kid's movie. I, I appreciate whoever took the risk there. Well, and Brian, the other thing that they did really well is I'm a sucker for like really good animation styles and oh, yeah. blending animation Same. styles. And one of the things that I really appreciated and for those just joining us, I'm talking about <laughs> Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I just want to make it really clear. Like, like oh. <laughs> I'm not talking about some like dark like, you mean The Last of Us? I'm not talking about The Last of Us. <laughs> um, Sandra Wonenberg. Uh, yeah, this is, I mean, great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Loved Puss in Boots, too. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was so surprising, and that's what I was talking about. Is um, So Sandra's dropping into our chat on Facebook. Uh, we'll talk about Pinocchio here in a minute, but it's. Yeah. I, I was just so surprised that I enjoyed it. But the animation style was really cool. They blended yeah. that like old school, like Shrek vibe that we have with right. some really cool, like almost like, like Japanese anime influenced moments what? as well. Segments of as well. So it's like, it is such like okay. artistically, it is just I, well done. I feel like I need to like run out and see this movie now. Like you, you have convinced me, my man. And here's the other thing. If you thought, uh, if you thought, <laughs> We are so glad to go to the Coyote Twin. That is Marcus and I's theater. Um, <laughs> yes. We so one of the things that I really like think that they also did well is you're like, okay, it's Puss in Boots, I don't know, two, three. I could I don't know. Like I, I didn't I don't even know. I yeah. couldn't tell you. But you know what happened? So at the end, the end of this movie, and I'm not giving anything away, the end of the movie, they're sailing off on a ship. He's like, it's time to go see some old friends. And they're sailing into what looks like the port of Far, Far Away from Shrek. Oh, could awesome. There, could there be another Shrek movie? Who knows? But <laughs> you guys, like, I I was genuinely shocked with how much I enjoyed this. So, yeah. No, yeah. I'm glad you did that because I feel like it got it, it released in December, right? I think it was the, yeah, like, like first December like date. 13th or something like that. Yeah, like it totally it felt like that counter programming for like uh -huh. Avatar because Avatar was the like Avatar was supposed to be for everybody. And I feel like that movie completely flew under the radar for so many people, myself included. Well, and Avatar ate up so much like bandwidth, right? Like everybody yeah. was like, can you believe I mean, it's three hours. How could you not eat up? you know, that much like discussion time. And right. this is one of those that just like, do you not have three hours or do you have little kids <laughs> go see yeah. this? Both yeah. are valid. So totally. They have it totally. Uh, but Brian, we yes. have a whole ass episode to get to. And so before we dive into catch that quotable, I want to remind everybody that you can go and catch us on our social medias on Instagram at films and black yes. and white on Facebook at films and black and white. 
uh, at Twitter in films B underscore W and on TikTok at films in black and white. We got some good yes. stuff going there. So check us out there. But Brian, we have a yes. quote this week. And so we are going to play catch that quotable. All right, let's do it. You and me, man, we're doing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, the the terrific two doing our best to hold it down. Um, I was going to try to give you the silky sounds of Doug Wagner, oh. uh, but it wasn't going to work. You know what? Um, I'm going to leave that to Marcus and the music that yeah. he does. I don't. He's, just, I, he's no better. Wants, yeah. Yeah, he's better. <laughs> We're both he's, speechless. <laughs> he's better suited for it is what it is. He's better I like suited it. for it. I like so, it. Brian. Yes. Are you ready for this week's quote? I'm ready, Doug. Lay it on me, man. Okay. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Uh... If you are watching this and you're not Roman Myers, feel free to drop... <laughs> Because he's the one who submitted the quote. Like, if you're anyone and you're not Roman Myers, feel free to drop your guess for yeah, what I mean, quote that is in the chat. Um, Brian, yeah. this feels like a movie that is very much like about female empowerment. So the vibes I get are really was this okay. said in Legally Blonde or Legally Blonde Two. This I don't does, think so, okay. but it feels that way. It does have that vibe, mm-hmm. but it also feels like. It also feels a little sports movie to me, but I but maybe I'm there mm-hmm. because we we had Division Three as the movie last Which week. Is just uh, that that one I could talk at length <laughs> about the clip that we were sent shortly after. Yes, uh, I don't know. I'm getting like the Blindside vibes, and oh, I wish okay. Marcus was here to comment on that because I'm sure he has <laughs> opinions to share about that movie and Sandra Bullock. Um. <laughs> I won't do it because I'm not Marcus, Ooh. but Ooh. What's I'm, that? Cl- I'm closer, Brian. You're closer. You're closer. Thank you. Thank you, Roman, in the chat. Yeah, thanks for the hint, Roman. Yeah. Okay. Um... Here's what I'm going to go. Ten. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. It does. It's not Devil's Wears Prada. No, it's not because Devil's Wears Prada is not. It's like female empowerty, empowery, but it's not like. It's not someone in that circle lifting I, her up. This feels like somebody in that circle, like lifting this person up. I, yes. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go Legally Blonde, too, because I don't remember that movie as well. OK, I feel I agree with you. It it has Devil Wears Prada vibes, but like the theme of Devil Wears Prada was like Anne Hathaway being like, I don't want your life. Like, it's like, oh, so, yeah, yeah, like she does it herself, right? She has that yeah. self discovery herself. So, like, I don't know. I feel like Aaron Brockovich, I, I don't feel oh, like that's that's a guess. I, it, I'm along those lines of thinking based on what Roman said. Um, I'm on a Julia Roberts kick. I don't think it's Pretty okay. Woman either. I'm waiting that would for be this. a very that would be a very out of place quote for Pretty Woman. The, <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's true big huge mistake right is what we i mean one of the like ryan of that. you apparently according to ryan roman just gave yourself a clue jeez oh, man I, this is like a mental game i play with myself every week every week <laughs> i do this i like psych myself out here yep all right what i don't know got? man uh i'm really gonna have to like pick one right now um 
man. I, I'm going Aaron Brockovich. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm All locked right. in. All right. Well, uh, Brian, uh, this is uh, the Princess Diaries. So oh, Anne Hathaway. Oh, yep. But it is also a quote that was made by Eleanor Roosevelt. So excellent. That was Brian. You named an actress in the movie. Like you literally. Wow. Incredible. In it. I, I, so I was close. I was banging on the door. I just, You're really banging down that door. door. <laughs> um, good guess. I mean, that was fun to unpack, though. Like the Princess yes. Diaries is one of those movies that I think I watched with like a group of friends when I was yes. in middle, high school or college and then never revisited. So. I I watched it late one night. I remember at somebody's apartment back back when I was an undergrad, and they're like, "You've never seen Princess Diaries 2? And I'm like, "I no." And they're like, "We have to correct this right away." And I'm like, "No one has ever said this to me in my life ever." <laughs> I'm always surprised by those moments. Like, I'm always surprised by people yeah. who are like, "Oh my goodness, you haven't seen." space balls <laughs> we're gonna fix that right now and i'm like i, I mean like right now like i i don't know right. about you brian but like i have to be like in a i have to be in like a mood for certain movies like stuff has to like oh yeah the spirit has to come down and be like that's what you should watch that's how you're yeah. feeling right now and so somebody who's like no we're gonna fix it it's like oh okay. oh, i don't like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> no not 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 like this at all oh, absolutely please, no. not um no i well i mean like also you had, i had more time like in my undergrad years it was like hey you just want to kill two hours and you're like yeah hell yeah i do and like do no, I? I, got, I got three kids and a wife it's like hey you want to kill two hours it's like i have to check with like a nasa list of like <laughs> recommendations before i can even commit <laughs> one hour see. of my time let's see well, i mean the kids i mean they just went down so it's well, two hours rockets and, go okay well you know the laundry also has to be full i mean guys Primary i got four Guys, I got 45 minutes. <laughs> like generously. You're like, wait, they're going to take a two hour nap. I said, yeah, I know. I got like, actually, you want to know what? It's probably closer to 20 minutes. That's just the way it yeah. is. Yeah, so, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, Brian, we have a whole podcast to get to. Uh, we do. I said before, and we, we are going to dive into episodes six and seven for the HBO series, The Last of Us. Um, so I for those of you who are watching or for those of you who are listening, uh, please, please, please uh, put a pin in this if you have not seen either episode six or seven for The Last of Us, because we're yeah. going to spoil the shit out of it. Yeah. Um, and we're going to get into it. So uh, put a pin in it. Come back later. There will be uh, uh, timestamps in the show notes. So please check those out there. Brian, this series continues to like impress and continue to like I I think we have said it several times on this podcast when we've covered this show, like the level that it has put humanity first, yeah, and not made it about zombies yeah. is incredible. Yes. And I am yes. like so excited to talk about it with you. Thoughts on C episode six and seven? Uh, I mean episode so episode six, six first. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Uh I enjoy how they did the time jump. Uh, yep. So it opens with, hey, three months have passed. Like they have been on this journey, which I think was really good with the way episode mm -hmm. five ended, which was incredibly intense and sad and yeah. bleak. Mm -hmm. So uh, with, with Henry and Sam. So basically, like, I think, you know, if you were if you were given the quick summary here, this is this is the episode 
where uh where joel finds his brother and yep. they find jackson which is a a communist commune in the middle of wyoming um mm-hmm. and it is hidden i guess for all intent and purpose and that was the reason that um joel's brother hasn't been communicating basically it was like hey we got to yeah. keep this place we got tommy i just remembered his name tommy hasn't been You're communicating because they're trying to keep this place off the radar um and it's like a wonderfully beautiful picturesque like mountain community uh yeah. like and it, it feels really cozy and really safe um one thing that i really liked about it uh as, as i'm doing the quick summary here is that it it's focused more in like a suburb of some town which mm-hmm. I thought makes a lot of sense in the game. It's just like, Hey, Jackson's like just out in the middle of nowhere and it's a city. And you're just kind of like, how do you have all these things? If you're in the middle of nowhere, don't worry about it. I, I liked how they made that adjustment here for the show. Again, this adaptation keeps showing that they know the right changes to make for something that's just feels super grounded. Now um, it yeah. feels more grounded than the game, which is weird to say. So um, essentially, uh, yeah. So essentially, uh, we got, we got Tommy and Joel here and, and, and Joel's like, I need you to take her. And he's like, I, I got a kid on the way, which is another reveal. Yeah. Um, just really adding to those stakes that, that Tommy's really trying to just settle down and just, and I mean, it looks like, like this is utopia. This is it in, in, the, yeah. in this type of hellish scape of fungus zombies. Um, and so after a series of events, Joel ju- does keep taking Ellie along the way. And I yeah. feel like the big the big finale here is Joel and Ellie run into bandits. Joel gets stabbed and it's 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 all on Ellie. And that's how that episode ends, which yeah, which woof, man. What an, I mean, like talk no, about the wait for like oh. a middle school kid, like to have to this person that's brought her across the yeah. world, like across the like Mad Max Thunderdome hellscape, <laughs> like and suddenly the person that you like looked at as the person who was you know, your partner and someone that you've developed like a really strong relationship with yeah, is now out of commission. Yeah. That's, that's, that's hard. I think episode seven did a good job of like picking that up yes, um, and playing with that more Um, in terms of episode six uh, question for you. Sure. As I've kind of dialed, dove into this a little bit more, I'm seeing some comments. And again, this is because I didn't finish the game. So I have to make that very right. clear. Okay. Um, I'm seeing a lot of comparisons between Joel in the game and Joel in the in the show. And sure. It seems like they're a little bit different. The feeling that I'm getting is that Joel in the game is a little bit more like hero in the terms of yeah. like, let me go take on these folks. And this one, yes. he's almost he's given a little bit more of like an edge. Does that feel accurate to you based on your knowledge of the game or where does that play out? Yeah, I feel like the Joel that we see in the game is far more vulnerable than the one we saw in the video game. Okay. And I feel like I feel like for the way you tell a story, it makes sense to me because in the video game, you are only playing as Joel for like the majority mm-hmm. of the game. And so you there's just not a lot of moments for that character to emote because you're controlling him. Right. And then on top of it, when they do get those moments, a lot of them are given like a lot of those cinematic elements are given to Ellie. Yeah. And for good reason, because Ellie is like this emotional anchor, yep. uh, basically pulling you through this entire story. So it's a lot of it just reacting to Ellie. And in the show, you, you don't have to like control Joel. You don't have to keep spending time with them. You can like you actually get time with Ellie um, a little bit more evenly divided. And so you actually get to see Joel like 
have feelings about stuff without hitting, you know, hitting people in the face with bricks, hitting, uh, which, hitting square to make sure that yeah. you time that perfectly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you better time it right. Or else that clicker is going to get you. Start yeah. Over. Uh, yeah, it's something this show doesn't do well. Uh, the time, the time Joel's in a hallway and he just can't, he just can't figure out how to take down two clickers at once. And you just, you keep seeing that for 20 minutes. I'm yeah, kidding. That, whole thing. that did happen though. The same hallway. Um, yeah. But no, I would say that you're getting a more like um, like you're getting more emotions from Joel in this TV show. And I hope you would in a TV okay. show like this. Too, oh, of course. I mean, I, like nobody. I don't know. You, you need that. And Pedro Pascal can give it too. which mm-hmm. is the other thing here is like Pedro Pascal is just bringing his own element to Joel. And like it shows and I, it's totally for the better. He is. We are seeing more and more and more of him. Like, I don't know about you, but he's like showing everywhere up everywhere yep. in yep. the algorithm knows that I want some more Pedro Pascal yes. in my life. And it's showing yes. me everything. And the more I see him, the more I'm like, God, I want to have like a drink <laughs> with that guy. Like, he just seems like such yeah. like a laid back dude. Like, he seems so chill. I, yeah. I, I mean, he is definitely having a moment like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, back when Keanu Reeves had like, it was like those, that string of three movies that came out. It was, I think Matrix, it was like Matrix. Resurrections. It um, was John Wick. Yeah. And it was, what was the other one that happened at that, right at that time? It was Wasn't, either like Bill and Ted or it was, um, <sighs> there was another one that I think he like. He was in the video on. game. He was in the video game. Oh, Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. Yep. And it was like the Keanu sense was happening. And it was like, man, you're just like, it is mm-hmm. all about you right now. I feel like that's what's happening to Pedro Pascal. Cause he's Very got true. I mean, he has all this stuff going for him right now. Um, so, but yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I feel like episode six did a really good job of setting the emotional table and the emotional yeah. stakes for like, why is it this way? And yeah. why are we doing it this way? Um, and like, I, I think this show that that I've always felt about the world of Last of Us is, is like, if you found a safe place, mm-hmm. there's no way in hell you would get me to leave. Like at all, like Joel and Ellie are like, we're going to go west. And I'm like, absolutely not. This I'm place not has going food and electricity and warmth and a community. They're like, they're celebrating Christmas. Like n- nobody's doing that out east. Like, so I'm well, staying here. I'm not going anywhere. Brian, the thing that I kept thinking about like over and over and over again is that my like dumb lizard brain would try sure. to like justify being somewhere cold where I'm like, no, that's where I should be because uh, they don't get fungus. Like there's like that, I mean, part, you know, like, Hey, why are you guys going West? Go North. Fuck it. <laughs> like live as far North as possible. <laughs> You've got trees for miles. Just True. cut them down and burn True. them. Like there's a True. part of me that's like, yeah, there's no fungus up there. Like, yeah, I would be the person that would be like, you know, hauling bodies to the fire pit being like, you see you, did you hear about Canada? <laughs> It's too cold. No fungus. <laughs> I would be the one, the side character yes. that gives inspiration yes. to the main character that they should go to Canada. Like, oh, well, yeah, I heard. Yeah, when we were like doing that... our tire when we were doing our tire wrangling, you know, to put on cars. <laughs> of course. Got uh, that rubber. For Fedra. Yeah, there's no fungus in cold temperatures. So I mean, it makes makes sense. Makes sense uh, no, I, I mean, I. I made that assumption when I played the game, but then also they were like, Oh, the winter swarms are coming. And I'm like, I don't even understand what that means. I mean, I, I guess, I guess at that point, 30 years into an apocalypse, you just have swarms of fungus people. That's just I, normal. Um, I guess I need a, scientist. I don't know. I need a botanist to come on and explain <laughs> this to me. 
Yeah, um, that's yeah, most definitely. Did you? I mean, I feel like I took up a lot of oxygen here. Was it? Was there anything that you wanted to talk about with episode six or something that stuck out to you? Um, I think there are a couple of things that I thought were really interesting. One, I think that the show continues to show us people. What I what I appreciate, and this is almost a comment about six and seven that I think are well yeah well placed, is that the show's doing this job of like here's someone that was able to make it like through their commitment or through their relationship. The, the show does this thing of like ev- throughout it, showing yep. us relationships that people have that are both successful and unsuccessful at helping them through this particularly trying time. Yes. Almost to kind of highlight this point of like, it's not, it's not what you do. It's who you do it with yeah. to a certain extent. And sometimes like the underlying motivation, especially with the, um the episode of like, around Kansas city of them trying to get out. I think that was episode four um, of them trying to get out. So there's this whole like underpinning of like the relationship that you have is, and and the amount of trust that you have with that person is there because Tommy being in a relationship where he's having a kid, these are people who have made it like they've been able to carve out and find a life. And yes, Jackson is a safe community, but they're still able to make it. And so I think that there's a lot of that there to like, kind of and you saw that with frank you saw that with mm-hmm. um henry like yeah. there are pieces of this that come through that are like yeah it's it, it the the level of relationship and trust that you have with the person that you're with it's trying to give us like a something to think about in the long run about the company oh. we keep um and i think it'll become more apparent as we continue on through the source sh- show well, so. and i you know and I, I i this has been i feel like discussed a little bit on social media but like i also feel like in the limited time that we've been with joel and la jackson is like the only community that is like somewhat stable or like even just like yep. not terrible um and i'm not here to be like obviously communism is good but like obviously <laughs> Like, obviously <laughs> like the collectivist nature that yeah. they have there is working for them and it is the only community that this show has showed you that is like okay like they have some of it figured out like mm-hmm. they've got this part figured out and yeah. the only alternatives we've seen are like fedra and a reaction to fedra and that's pretty much bit and then like i mean bill and frank but bill and frank that's a special case right? their own beast exactly so like of the three of the other yeah you know of the four total communities we've seen it's like yeah jackson's like clearly the best off um i do think that is a really cool comparison and really cool way to put that in the story weird brian when people start thinking about each other and not about themselves or in some cases how much money they have in their pocket or how much shit they have or how much power they have or how much authority or expertise or power they have yeah. weird how suddenly some of this stuff just sort of works itself out are you ready for this transition brian i am ready for this transition it is a great shot and chaser to compare it to episode seven when Indeed. ellie is clearly figuring everything out for herself and she's like well fedra wasn't here it all fall apart and you're like nah man yeah, nah that's... like jackson's just doing just fine in the in the middle that's... of a frozen wasteland <laughs> yeah that's 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 not how this works at all yeah like and i think even the kansas city setup i think yeah. without i think without and again this is sort of like the genius of the writing of the show yeah like without that kansas city setup where you have someone where it was like, no, Fedra wasn't the problem. It was trying to corral everybody and set up a system that was inherently corrupt is the problem. 
like, and so I think that that, that episode highlights that point so, so well in six and seven, like it's yeah. not, it's not, it doesn't matter what you call it, call it Fedra, call it fireflies, right. call it the U S government, call it whatever you want. <laughs> it's going to be a problem. Right. Well, and, and I think the, the way they ended episode six too, of like, Ellie being like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, what was it like back then? And mm-hmm. Joel trying to summarize it, like, well, there's a group of people that wanted to own everything. There was a group of people that wanted to own nothing. And I enjoyed how ambivalent he was about it. Whether it was mm-hmm. like, I would have never been able to influence those decisions, or it doesn't matter anymore, or like, I don't really care. Like, I genuinely don't care. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a really great way to show that because I, I mean, Ellie. Ellie has never and and episode seven did such a great job of showing this. Ellie has never had any type of structure in her life, save for Fedra. But like, that's what is that really? It's more of a a system or like Mm -hmm. an authoritative, like adjudicator just telling her what to do. Um, Not really as much of like, hey, here's someone that's going to love you no matter what um like never having someone like that in her life and only having these institutions clearly has made an impact on her and how she has had those relationships and how i mean she she's everybody she's ever loved or ever cared about has has died a terrible death it's a horrible death like a horrible painful death yeah i brian i think the other thing that's interesting is it's a i thought the comment that ellie made like in episode seven, they talked yeah. a little bit about propaganda and she goes on this whole thing. of yes. like, You yes. can call this whatever you want. Like it's right. propaganda bullshit. Like that's, that's what that is. And so I think yeah. it's really, I think that like, again, you put it so well, like a shot and a chaser, like a shot of like what the reality is when people stop thinking about themselves and start thinking right. about each other. And then you couple that with this, like, everybody was doing it at the time. Like it's a, when you have a vac, a power vacuum. Oh yeah. People try to step up and fill it. And they're going to try to tell you that they're doing it for this reason or that reason, but whatever reason they justify it with, there's still a sense of propaganda to it. So I thought that that was really well done. Um, I also really appreciated that. Like we got to see more of Ellie in in episode seven. Oh, we got to see how much she, she knew and didn't know. Like, the whole electric stairs thing was really cool. Um, <laughs> like uh, uh, the whole like mall scene had me kind of bugging I, out because it was like, <sighs> I remember going to malls when I was younger because they were a big deal, like and walking around just because I had nothing better to do on a Saturday. Like, it, oh, yeah, I remember those things. So like that was that was a really cool moment for me to kind of see like what they did with it and kind of like the way that again, their relationship like played out which i thought was really cool yeah and and i I, man the the mall the setting for the mall i thought i I mean and they they've done this in the game it was dlc so i not everybody who played the game got to Mm -hmm. got to play this part of it but um i think what there's so many layers on top of it i think the first thing that stood out to me though was like the lighting in this episode like the theater geek in me was like Somebody worked really hard to get oh, all of this light yeah. just perfect for like Storm Reed's face, who I cannot remember who she played, but Ellie's friend mm-hmm. um, from, by the way, A Wrinkle in Time. You might remember. There you go. 
Uh, and uh, just like the one of the first shots is like this purple neon on her face and it looks perfect. Like you see yeah. her face in the purple neon. You're like, it's not washed out. It's not like overdoing it. Yeah. It's this excellent just kind of vibe of, yeah, like malls, malls were like about excess. They still are, but right. We don't have as many. I mean, we could talk about that. They're about excess. If they have all their buildings filled, and they, <laughs> yeah, they're kind yeah. of about they're kind right. of about excess. Well, yeah, and this definitely took like the heyday idea of a mall to absolute. Oh yeah, art. and I, enjoy, I like I enjoyed that, and I think it was I don't know, it was just such a nice. You could even call this a bottle episode, in my mm-hmm. opinion. A bit. There was nothing you could cut. You could cut and trim everything around everything that's happening with Joel trying to survive. Um. I also loved that that Ellie's frenetically just pulling drawers out, by the way. That was really well directed. Like, and it was funny because Maggie was I was watching this with Maggie. She's like, I can't even see like what what she's even doing. And I'm like, honestly, like if the one person you've been tra- like, you're you're looking for anything. Like you're you're rabid at that point. I thought yeah. that was really well, really mm-hmm. well done. And then the the mall slowed everything down just just uh, just to a wonderful pace to make you I don't know. You you got to have this intimate, like caring moment, but then it's like you had this like rubber band being stretched inside you the whole time because mm-hmm. you knew something bad was gonna happen. Yeah, you knew it was gonna snap, and you knew it was gonna <laughs> snap. You knew it was gonna snap the louder they got. Like, and that's oh, the thing yeah. for me. Like, the, the I I think this makes me feel so like I love talking about like sound because sound for some reason like hits me a little bit different Mm -hmm. so the whole time they're walking through this mall and I'm like y'all are fucking loud like you would need to be like I know that you're trying to show off and have this moment before you leave right and go to Atlanta but like it's just I need you to be quieter because you're too (laughs) comfortable um well and i thought they did that so well because like i felt the same way i was like i i i I know how this ends yep and and you're being super loud and you think it's safe and then when they're like oh you're sleeping here and i'm like of course you would think it of course you would act like this as a kid i shouldn't say Mm -hmm. that she's 17 but whatever as a young adult maybe that's a better way to put it i understand how you would act this way if you've been sleeping there for for weeks and you're like it's safe trust me like i've been sleeping here nobody's here i yeah, that was a great way to handle that mm-hmm. even though us the viewer was like you're, you're like this is such it's a bad not, idea please don't yeah <laughs> yeah i brian i think the other thing that like i really appreciated was to your point of like Y'all yeah, this show up to the last day of black. Well, well this motherfucker is. comes walking in. I Just... thought I was gonna be here on the final day of Black History <laughs> Month. You hey, mean on... known as Negro History Week? <laughs> huh? That's He's just come, he me. coming back full force, everybody. We got Marcus back. Uh-huh. He's back in the building. Hey y'all. Black History Kang. <laughs> Just <laughs> showing up out of nowhere. Uh, Negro History Week. Yeah. I <laughs> don't know what to do with that yeah. information. <laughs> oh my God. I'm here. Uh <laughs> Marcus. <laughs> thank you. Where for is Marcus? Us. I'm here. I'm here, Roman Myers. I'm here. <laughs> He's here. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. You must have heard us because basically at the beginning, Brian and I went like. I don't know. He might show up. We don't know. He's we're going to find out. Does whatever he wants. So, uh, Marcus, how are you, sir? 
we good. We just came from a uh, my last Black History Month event of the of the month, and it was a Black History Month showdown that started at six thirty p.m. Mm. and ended around eight thirty. Wow, well, it was kudos. intense. Congratulations! Really one on one. No, congratulations to the people that competed. They really showed out today. But that's awesome. That's to, awesome. That sounds like a great event. event. It was that's, awesome. Sounds fantastic. It was awesome. Um, we are talking episode six and seven of The Last of Us. Oh, God, man. So (laughs) what did you think? Bring us up to speed. We kind of touched on episode six a little bit, but what did you think of episode six and seven? Six and six. Six was good because um, six was the is what I think as somebody who's a fan of Last of Us, six was where you start seeing the relationship that I'm familiar with between Ellie yeah. and Joel start forming. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and then you get to also see the the separation between Tommy and Joel a little bit because it was like yeah. that was that was um Joel's only family. Yeah. And so you yeah. so he's been looking for Tommy this whole time just to find out the one person that wants to be with him, no matter how much danger it is, has been Ellie. Like yeah. she doesn't care about any of it, so it, it kind of to me it's, it it sounds cliche, but blood that blood isn't the only thing that makes you family. That's true. Great point. And That's so a great I point. really enjoy. I enjoy. I, if I'm honest, between six and seven, I I liked six because it was just enough of a cliffhanger to lead me into oh man seven, which I feel like may be top three episodes of the season so far for me. I mean, for sure. I, I can't like this season. The, I, you, I don't know how you make this good of a season of television. Consistent. Like, this is untouchable. Like yeah. this is getting to untouchable territory if they stick the landing. And I, yeah. I, I don't see how they like they're gonna do it. There's two <laughs> episodes left, so I mean, I mean uh, something would have to go pretty off the rails. I yeah. feel like you know how I know it was good. Seven was so. Have y'all talked about seven at all? We just we're in, start, we're really basically just, just in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, seven was so good. I rewatched it as soon oh as it went God. off. I rewinded. Like I had to. The use. What was the song in the? Um, Take on me. Take on. Oh yeah. Me. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. The use of that song. I don't know. I don't know. Let's. I don't want to interrupt. Go ahead. No, you're good. I, I mean, go ahead, Brian. I, I was gonna say I. I really liked Riley. I think that I think her performance was. It stand out and Ellie, uh, like Bella Ramsey also got to stand out. I just think that this was, I mean, they just, they had full runway to do their thing and they, they did not miss a beat. They, they absolutely crushed this opportunity to show this dynamic, to show why Riley was doing these things and why we should care about her. And then also Mm -hmm. like, oh, like Ellie is the way she is because she's lived a terrible life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that's had a, experienced a lot of loss. Well, well and had never experienced loss. And that's the thing that I think it like it's easy to forget if you don't have this context. Because when you yeah. go back and you re-watch all of your interactions with Ellie after seeing episode seven, it changes your perspective with yeah. with a little bit of the character itself because you understand the terrible life she's had, the fact that she has to sort of make sort of these like these jokes and these quips to mm-hmm. relate to people, but also to a certain extent to keep them at arm's length. So that way, if they yeah. do die, which she's experienced over and over and over again, it's not as a traumatic of a loss. So there's a yeah. lot, there's a lot there. Yeah. I like seven. Cause I really like those episodes where you can do a two person mm-hmm. episode. Yep. One, not one scene, but like one set it's in a mall. Yes. So that allows you so many different, like, like places yeah. to be at, right? But you have two people, one monster. 
And yes. it's mm-hmm. a simple relationship. You Here's one of the other things I really enjoy about the show. I did not read up about anything about who was casted in Last of Us, right? Yeah. So I had no idea Stormy Reed oh, was yeah. the one that was walking through the window. And yeah. when she turned around, to me, that's a big reveal because I know who Stormy Reed is. I watch mm-hmm. pretty much a lot of uh, like a lot of movies she's in. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. feel I, I mean, I, I feel like she's been in so many high profile things, mm-hmm. but she's still at that stage of like, I've seen her before. Mm-hmm. It's like, I guarantee yeah. if you watch Wrinkle of Time, you you know, you know, yeah. who she, but she's also been in so much other stuff, too. But I feel mm-hmm. like that's her best known role. Yeah. Uh, man, I just and the, I, I don't know, like this is a show about the end of the world. And there was literally one monster that that one. was just like. You didn't even really see the monster. It was just like the monsters here have fun in the mall. And uh, like that, I don't know. That's the thing that this show does so well is that it doesn't (laughs) poor walking dead. You're my punching bag walking Mm. dead, man. They just build whole stories around like, we got to get to the hospital, but there's a bunch of melting zombies and you're like, Oh, melting zombies. No way. And they're like commercial break. And then they go back to melting zombies. And like, that's the shtick. That's the shtick of the show, which is fine. Mm. Um, but with Last of Us, it like looks at that and it's like, what if uh, these two people have emer- emotional turmoil and there's a zombie involved? Like, I, it's just they kind of flip the script, and which is why I'm enamored. With again, people. again, Walking Dead is what would you do if you felt you had to face 200 walking zombies <laughs> to get yourself yes. to where you needed to be? And The Last of Us is, do you remember that friend that you don't talk to anymore? You should call him. You should fucking pick up the phone, man. Yeah, that's true. Enjoy that. That's true. You never Brian, know when a monster is going to come out of the cloud. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, mean, you had a maybe tweet. the monster is you. Oh, damn. Deep, deep, <laughs> deep, man. I don't like that. I don't like thinking about myself. Uh, Brian, you had a tweet that I thought was interesting. Why oh, didn't you want Riley? Why didn't Why didn't you want them to show Riley turning? Oh man, I I think it's really impressive this show didn't have a whole sequence with like Riley turning and Ellie being like, I'm immune. Um, just because I feel like I just feel like general audiences would would need that. Um mm. and I'm glad that it didn't and it challenged the like I feel like it's a challenging thing because you like Ellie has to deal with that, right? And I think it was a bold choice not to include Riley turning because that's obviously influential and it is obviously foundational to who Ellie is. And something that Maggie pointed out is that like when Joel's like, Oh, is that your first kill? And it's like, and she's like, no, not really. And she's evasive. And we think it's like, Oh, she's being a teenager. And then you're like, Oh, got it. She, she, I didn't think about that. I didn't either. And she was like, no, man. Like, no, like I was talking about the episode with her and she like stopped me. And she's like, no, that was her first kill. Like, that's what she meant. And I'm like, fuck. Oh, and it's the environmental storytelling. Yeah. Like, right. Like you, we think she's being this jerk hole teenager and you're like, okay, whatever. Just shut up. And like, let's get out of the city. Nope. There's a whole chasm of buried trauma there for her and she doesn't want to talk about her first kill and it comes off as if she's trying to be evasive which i didn't even think about that like that is that is did not think about phenomenal that. acting and storytelling and it's really hard to play that off and they did it they did it masterfully damn um, i did not think about any of that <laughs> I mean, go back to, I think it's episode, I I want to say it's episode uh, four. And yeah, yeah, and that's when Mm -hmm. he asks her. And uh, more to your point, though, 
I don't think we needed to see Riley turning. We know what that looks like. Uh, maybe we wanted to see Ellie being like, oh, I'm immune. But we already know that information as the viewer and the, the story's there to, to, to show like, hey, like this is, and I've said, I said this earlier, but like, this is how Ellie became the Ellie. We know her. She was, you know, like she was, she's a jerk for a reason. I also don't wonder if there's any way, like if you're thinking of like, if you're a show producer and sure. you are, I almost like it's a, I think it's a preservation of your choice to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Like you already showed this seemingly like little, little kid turning oh, after shit. this emotional yeah. moment in the hotel. I almost think like if you're going to show every person turning and you want the same yeah. emotional response, you kind of have to raise scarcity. the state. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, I do think Marcus yeah. it's scarcity. I think it's a, if you can like, if you can like just limit the amount that you have to see it, it makes when it happens so much more yeah. emotionally draining. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I like that episode. I know for some folks I was talking with some friends and they were like, that's uh that was a real, that, that, that episode was really slow. And it was, you know, just, it, it, I don't know why we had to have this like pit stop with Ellie. And I'm like, no, cool. knowing how part two ends, I'm like, no, you, you need this. This is, this is like, this is Ellie 101. And if you don't have this stuff in that part two, true. doesn't connect. Yeah. I want to, so I'm really glad they included it. Want to give a quick shout out to yeah. Vermilion Theaters, our local Vermilion Theaters in town here, saying, uh, leaving a comment on our Facebook. I think it could be important to see how Marlene finds Ellie, though. Um, oh, I, yeah. I don't know how they do that. Um, I can't remember if Marlene, I can't remember Marlene's fate. I yeah. think, well, and the show might make it different because you didn't uh -huh. see it in the yeah. like in the game. It's just like, hey, I'm here. And then in like the show, it's or in the game, it's hey, I'm here. And then in the show, it was like, I've been shot. <laughs> so also funny thing, funny thing in that episode is like when when Ellie and Riley are talking and Riley's like, I don't know, some lady, she was 40 or 50. Yeah, 40 like, or 50. Are you talking about Marlene? Oh, like damn. she's bitch. She's bitch. That's messed up, man. But I'm, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. to be fair, Harper thinks that I'm 50. So <laughs> the evaluation of some to be able to determine age I mean, is very difficult. They're they're sheltered kids in a in a federal like training facility. They don't yeah. know how they're old everybody know. is. Mm -hmm. I don't know. A seven is so good. The ending of seven. So to tell that story, you not just I like that they didn't just include a backstory for Ellie just to include it like in this episode yeah. for me, right? That the end result was Ellie remembering this moment and then not quitting and giving up on Joel. Like, yeah. I mean, everybody else in her life has died. Yep. <laughs> like, and she in, went back, even yeah. though Joel pushed a grown man said, go, she right. trusts Joel. She, she usually listens to Joel this whole time they've been together. Yeah. And she made the decision not to quit on him. That was yeah. just, that was beautiful. That's a special moment. No, to, it, it yeah, is. That Man, Can I play I, a game with y'all? What are we going? What please, are we talking about next? I mean, the next thing is Brian has to report live from Mandalore. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, as far as what's happening with Star Wars. So, yeah. Brian, Brian, we're having uh, we finally got a connection. It was hard to establish one. Uh, Brian, you're there on Mandalore right now. Tell me, Brian, what are you seeing? What are you experiencing? Hi. What are the, what are the civilians saying? Yeah. Uh, so there's none here. They're all dead. I'm standing on the bones <laughs> oh, of all of the Mandalorians. There's some. Uh, there's some battle droids though. They look 
look lost. God. I think they're here from another well, Brian. Uh, another another conflict. You're uh, gonna but... get an interview with them. I trust you. You're an outstanding <laughs> reporter. You'll do what you can. Where's it's your just... Where's your lightsaber proof vest? <laughs> like when the reporters always wear bulletproof vests when they're on CNN. They're like, we're in the middle the of the ghost of Darth Maul just rises up out of the ashes. Uh, no, they just keep saying Roger Rogers. It's really weird to get an interview with them. Uh, but uh, no. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, so it, it, we have a Star Wars news roundup. It's basically a mini roundup. I'm going to condense three news items and I'm going to put it into like the span of our regular one news item and then we can yeah. just go from there. Uh, so the Mandalorian's coming out this week. I don't know if anybody knows that. I bet you do, though, if you're on the internet and have any type of social media presence. Um, so the first thing they've been doing the press junket and one of the first things that. Uh, that basically a lot of folks uh, were talking about was that uh, Mandalorian season four is already written and it was written to fit in with Ahsoka and other active shows that are either filming or in development. So basically this is uh, John Favreau saying, and I got this uh, from uh, entertainment weekly. We'll put the link in our episode description, yeah. but essentially John Favreau saying like, Hey, we have this planned out. We know where we're going. Like it, all we need, they have the entire season written and they said they just need to shoot it, which gives me a lot of confidence with oh my God. season three. So that's uh that's a first piece of news. Now, Brian, do you think that we're going to get an offshoot to the, like a job of the hut storyline, like halfway through, <laughs> like just one episode. And it's all about, man, the plan. I, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> man. I, I don't, I think anything's on the table because like, if you look at the other two season premieres of, mm -hmm. of Mandalorian, like there's always been some reveal at, at the true. end um, for the season one. It was Grogu uh, for season two it was Boba Fett. Um, so I'm waiting for people to watch the episode. And then the end, you're just going to see some boots of somebody we know. And everyone's gonna be like, what? Who's and then that's what we talk those? about for a week. Yeah, Brian, I I say that tongue in cheekly because and Brian's dying and that's why you can't hear him. Um, but like I, I say that sort of like tongue in cheekly because most of Book of Boba Fett or at least there were two episodes of Book of yeah. Boba Fett where it was like, hey, did you get tired of Boba Fett? Don't worry, the Mandalorian's <laughs> here. Like, I, uh, Yeah, I, I, Book of Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett is just so strange to me mm -hmm. uh, because it's like they didn't even trust their own material. And then now, if you've only watched The Mandalorian, you're going to tune in and be like, wait, why? Why is why is Mandalorian like why is why are him and Grogu together? Like the last we left them, Luke Skywalker took him. So it, I'm curious how those viewers are are going to feel about it. Yeah, the people who didn't watch Book of Boba Fett are going to be like, what? Like, what happened? Yeah. Uh, well, and, and I think that like dovetails really nicely into this other news item. So basically, they were like, that was something that came up in the interview uh, with Empire. And they were like, hey, so like, what do you think, you know, like people should do if they didn't watch Book of Boba Fett? And he's like, oh, yeah, we're going to have like recap videos on Disney Plus and then uh yeah like you can just go to youtube or go to other you know go to the community and they'll have recap videos and i just i don't really recall any directors or anybody being like yeah just like 
you know, if you haven't seen the story, just like go online. <laughs> it's just like how like he wasn't even like, oh, go watch Book of Boba Fett or like, oh, go watch episode six of Book of Boba Fett and you'll understand everything. It's just it's very strange and I've never heard it. And I, I have lots of feelings about it, but I just I mainly just think it's weird. That's Brian, where I'm at right now. Brian, I am when I saw you post that TikTok. I was <laughs> flabbergasted. I was speechless. I was like, he didn't even just say, go check out Disney Plus. Like, that's all you yeah. fucking had to say was like, hey, go check out Book of Bullfit. It's on Disney Plus. Well, goodbye. Like, that's yeah. all he had to do. And instead, he was like, I don't know, man. Wikipedia. Right. It, it just really... What? strange i'm pretty sure that's from empire i'll we'll, we'll get it in the episode description uh but like it just I, I don't know man like if you're gonna tell a story put it all in the one i don't know put it all in the one story or, or make it easy to find that story and Please. that's i don't know like I'll getting it work. from youtube is gonna be a completely different experience but that's not how i like to experience my stories but here we go that's what that's what the creators are saying so anyway i thought that was interesting yeah. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to, the, the last thing I wanted to add here, uh, was there is no end for the Mandalorian. Uh, so this, uh, this, this, this went back to variety. Um, no, this, I take it back. This is a collider piece. Um, and they got it from total film. There we go. Uh, and essentially John Favreau says there's no end right now for the Mandalorian. So like they don't have a, a necessary like end point for the show. They don't know when it's going to end. So this leads me to believe that that Pedro Pascal is just he's going to be stumbling around in that Mandalorian armor for like a decade around like a hot California desert being like, I'm a Mandalorian. Here we go. And that's hilarious. That's it. That's like for the next decade of his life. That's what he's doing, which I oh. feel like if I had the option, I would love to just pick and choose when I popped up in projects. Right. Oh like what gosh, if season yeah. th- each, each season kind of ends at a point where it could pick up at a different movie or a different oh, yeah. option like it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to like be answered within the series so I, I would like that option pick up a lightsaber when i choose to yeah that's that yeah that's fine with me like mm-hmm. i mean you could literally bring him back in a movie and no one would ever question nah, it. nobody would care no yeah do you think they'll ever kill him off i mean i possibly i feel like that could be like the last season mm-hmm. but i i mean I don't know. I feel like he had like the Mandalorian is just so mind boggling, pot like popular across so it's many people. Too. Like, and I think the the true the true sense of it is like even casual, like more casual fans, like probably people who have like a normal relationship to TV, right? Um, for those folks who not, not me, who is like this, this is this, this, this is the way. This is the way. Uh, like they're they love it. Like it's a whole new fresh community for Star Wars, which is what they've been wanting. I feel like for a while. Um, yeah. So I feel like as long as those folks are engaged, this thing like sky's the limit. Yeah. I'm, um, go anywhere. How do you think Andrew Pet? Pedro Pascal, Andrew, who the hell pa- is Andrew? Yeah, I don't know who <laughs> Andrew, Andrew is. Maybe Andrew's. Uh, sorry, didn't mean to white whitewash that man. Um, Pedro <laughs> Pascal, how do you think he picks his roles? Because so far he ain't missed. Um, so what do you God. think it? Or do you think he just brings something different to a role that makes a movie good, or do you think he just has a like a nose or for like good projects to be a part of? Because <sighs> name something that he ain't been a part of that. 
hasn't hit. I mean, like last five projects, maybe. I it, it, it's hard. Yeah. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, I, he's been in a lot. I also feel like that's a good point to make here. Like he, like he, he had a bit part in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like that is how long yeah. this guy has been has been acting. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, he's been around the block. I mean, his last few projects have been uh, the the Mandalorian, The Last of Us. It, I would say it, the only. I would say the only like movie that he did that maybe didn't hit and it's because it was a Netflix movie was the bubble. Oh, but the bubble, the bubble is very much him being like, let me just go here and make fun of me for like an hour and a half. Yeah. Like, because he's right. playing a character actor who's real loosey goosey, oh. who's supposed to be comedic relief. But so, right. I mean, in terms of like the last few projects he did was Mandalorian, the last of us, the bubble, uh, House Comes with a Bird, The Unbearable Weight of Masculine Talent, talent of Book of Boba Fett, uh, Calls, which was a TV series, We Can Be Heroes, and then Wonder Woman 1984. Like, that's the last few. Yeah. So there are some it's in there that flew yeah. under the radar, but yeah. Yeah. I saw We Can Be Heroes. That's a Spy Kids. That's a Spy Kids movie. I did. You know, off on Netflix. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a Spy Kids. It's a very uh, Roberto Rodriguez. Oh, whatever it is. Yeah. Um... Is there any more Mandalorian news? No, that was those were the big oh. three that that I want. That that was a big three I wanted to. I wanted I'm to excited. Here. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm too. Mandalorian. I like but there's yeah, like, no end. I like all of that. When this podcast comes out, an episode will be available to stream on Disney Plus. Oh yes. Jesus! This Wednesday already. Yeah, if you're if you're listening to this, this means it's available. Oh god! Unless you're in the Patreon, which means you're listening early. True. Which means you can't see shit yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said like it was in so. Um, can I play a game with y'all? Please. Sure. I'm going to play a game based off of a tweet I saw from um, Jess and Brian. Okay. So I'm gonna make, I made this up in my head. We're going to call this the Dempublicans or Republicrats. All right. We're, I'm going to name MCU characters, and you're going to tell me if they're a Republican or a Democrat <laughs> based off of the world in the MCU. And I encourage everybody listening to be a part of this in the comments as well. Oh, right. okay. man. Give me some all justification. Right. All right. We're, we're doing we're ready? this. I'm okay, just gonna go. Here, go. here we go. Captain America. Let's start with Sam since he's our current Captain America. Oh, no, that guy, that guy's a dem. Okay. <laughs> through through and through. Doug? Yeah, I could see. Yeah, I'd place okay. him there. Cap Steve. Steve Rogers. <laughs> okay. But... I will say this. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Rogers is a libertarian. I don't think he's a Democratic or Republican. Uh, Steve Rogers is a get the government out of my fucking business. Yeah, yeah actually. For the, right, for the right reasons, baby. Yeah. yeah. Like, Steve Rogers is a libertarian. I just want to make that very clear. I don't I don't know, man. He he's so far off the scopes. Like, cause the dude went into ice and like the United States was like ration sugar and make sure you use the right gasoline that you have for the sticker on your car and we can beat the enemy. So like he had like all this collective stuff and then he pops out 67 yeah. years later and people are like, I have a pocket computer with a like, black doctor. And he's like, wait a minute, you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> so I don't know. I feel like he would be totally they above politics. Now? Like That's I feel like he would just be upset. Black history, people. what? <laughs> Hold on, hold on. 
is somebody supervising you? They got a month. Oh, Who's your? <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> I don't need any coffee or cigarettes. Thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't. Know. I don't know. Steve, I don't know. he's shocked when he woke up, man. I'm just saying, uh, Steve had to be like, he's oh, got some Nick learning. Fury, Nick Fury is in charge. He's like, oh my god, there's a black man in a leather jacket, and Nick Fury's in charge with an eye patch. Um, what a wake up call! <laughs> so here, here's 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 yeah, I, Steve Rogers. I believe Brian. I believe that Steve Rogers I'm is a libertarian going. for here the right go. reasons, but that's yeah. where he is. I, it's Tony. hard to argue. It's really hard to argue. Tony Stark. Oh, he's a Republican. Republican, like yeah, painfully agreed. Republican. Agreed. Yeah. Again, um, he's going to tell you it's for the right reasons, but in the same way that they tell you that. It's oh, he's right going to be he's going to be the guy that's like, what is the free market? Everyone gets a fair shot. Yeah. Meanwhile, like, <laughs> like Sam just Wilson's because like, I make I all of my money mean from I was killing other it. people. <laughs> I mean, it's that whole line from Iron Man one. He's like, you know what? Military funding pays for crops that feeds feeds hungry people. Yeah. Right. I don't right. know if you want me to tell yeah. you. What's yeah. wrong with that? My daddy only gave me two billion as a startup. <laughs> it's like, all right, <laughs> relax. All right. Wanda. I'm gonna go rapid fire. Wanda. Scarlet uh, Witch. Dem. Okay. Vision. Oh, Doug, what'd you think about Wanda? His face. I think she's a little bit more right of right. She's a little bit, she's a, okay, I'll give her a Democrat, but she's more, she's a more right, she's a social, she's, she's a social, Demo, she's a social Democrat, but she's a fiduciary <laughs> yep, response. Yep. She's, she's a, she's a small government person, so that's clearly Republican, but she's also like, love who you want to love. If I want to love, love a robot, <laughs> yeah, fuck out true. of yeah. my business. That's true. Yeah, that's my, true. My, my choice. She's a yeah. socially responsible conservative. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Okay. Uh all right, vision. Ooh. That guy uh, that guy would probably just think politics are a joke. And he's like, political parties are a joke. What to are you be, doing? To be fair, I do think that's a valid answer. Like I, I think <laughs> okay. he's like, I don't understand. He's gonna go with the logical option. So I don't yeah. think he's a party. I think he votes issue to issue. Okay, okay. Issue to issue. I like that. Bucky. He's uh, not a Republican. I don't think so either. Like, he's definitely not a Democrat, though. No, right? he's, not. <laughs> he's not. like an anarchist. He kind of is, to be honest with you. I think I'll that's also anar- fair. I'll take anarchist. Okay, I'm going to keep going. Hope. Mm. Oh, she feels Republican. She Ooh. feels Republican because she owns a small business. Oh, my gosh. You're absolutely. She'd be like, well, it's a tax write-off. Like, it's a tax write-off. What the big deal is. She's also going to say, this is what she's going to do. She's going to say, I will take big government's money if it helps me advance technology to do yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Okay. All right. Hulk. Ooh, I be careful like... here because I have a follow-up. Hulk. I mean, wait, wait. Are you going to come back after wait, and ask big me? Big green monster Hulk? Yeah. Or like, are we talking like... Hulk. <sighs> smart comic book Hulk or smart Hulk? Smart Hulk. <sighs> <sighs> I love this game. I I don't I don't see him lining up with Tony. Like that's like, I that's where I feel like you have like the most right Avenger. Mm-hmm. 
I just don't see him being like, yeah, you're right, Tony. I see him being like, Tony, you're an idiot. Like, that's the see, vibe I get. I see Hulk like being a strong arm dim, like using muscle over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, yeah. Oh, Hulk is, Hulk is pro union. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I don't know why yeah, that yeah, is. But for sure. Is. Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner feels a little bit more like centrist. Yeah. Then, oh my gosh, he's that guy at the party. He's like, well, I think both sides have good I, points. He's a moderate. I think. He's yes. A moderate. Yes, he's the worst. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he's the most dangerous, according to people. Yes. He's the most dangerous. Confirmed. Side, Doctor yep. Strange, Republican for sure. I think so. Republican I think sure. so. But there is that whole like. No, you're right. Well, it's, he's it might, it might be a little bit more like closer to the middle like he's not i don't think he agrees with tony he's reformed yeah. republican i like, think he, he was rich he was all about it and yeah after the surgery he lost everything and he's kind of like this how y'all living down here <laughs> <laughs> but but he also has this air of like i turned myself into a sorcerer why yeah. can't he you? is a big, yeah. big, uh, that's the yeah. thing that's like, the message i'm having a hard time squaring mm, is like pick yourself up by the bootstraps message because he's yeah. like if i can do it everybody yeah. can do it yeah. that, that's um, the only reason i put him in the republican camp but here's the other thing though would he say everybody could because i feel like he's arrogant enough to be like not everybody could i'm smart and special like there's a but yeah i think you're probably right he would be the condescending guy that you're talking to that's like well this is this is what I do. You, you got to find your own thing. He's either that's, a reform- that's what's he's special either, about it. He's either a, like a like a like a socially conscious Republican or a he's a wa- Democrat. He's a waspy Democrat. Oh, oh that's, that's terrible. It. Oh Way yeah, for real performative type guy. Uh, him, and Wanda, oh. him and Wanda would just be like rolling their eyes at everybody. Oh, he's the one who'd yeah. be like, "I changed my spell color to you know." green red and uh green red and yellow for, for, black, history for, for black history month that's that's what you all want right, right. your mamu i came to celebrate you because you're black right oh my like, gosh oh, we painted the quinjet in black what more do you what want what do you want come on no i can't give you a spell giving you reparations but i damn sure <laughs> no, you have to take oh the gosh. reparations yourself Look, you go to Wundagar Mountain and you get all the special we herbs. We can't to give everybody them. Because yeah. we all can't be Avengers. Somebody has to be avenged. And they'd be like, oof. Somebody oof. has to be avenged. <laughs> all right. Wrapping it up. Rapid fire. Ant-Man. Which Dan. one? Uh, mm. Oh. Hank. Hank, Hank is a Republican. Is a, Hank is a Republican. Okay. Yeah. Scott. D- he's Dan. a Democrat. Okay. Black Panther. I mean... I mean, I feel like he's a Democrat. Okay. I, if he did it, damn. But, but, he's but also, here's the thing. He's also, he, also, he, also he also would be in the Black Panther Party <laughs> for also, different reasons. I also yeah. think that there's yeah. a part of their, like, Black Panther's hard to place because he's like, all right, this group of white people talks about how important I am but won't yep. do anything, and this group of white people feels like I don't matter. So, yep. Yep. well. Yeah. He really wouldn't give a fuck about either side. I he feel wouldn't. like that's very much where he, he wouldn't give a fuck about either side. All right. Last three, Thor. Ooh, I don't know. <clears throat> Thor ultimately is about doing the right thing. Yeah, but his post, family post Avenger Thor for sure. Oh, post original finding his worthiness. Thor was definitely yeah. daddy's daddy's boy, daddy's money, like that kind of thing. Post Avengers yeah. Thor, Dem first Thor movie Republican. I, that's yeah. not the answer. Agreed, but Loki. Yeah. 
I don't know. There's a part of me that's like Loki's a little bit more dim than he is anything. Really? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. He's more dim than he thought he was. Like if you took a BuzzFeed yeah. test, like in high school, and he was like, "You're you have democratic qualities." And believe it, like, believe hmm. it or not, you're an anarchist. Yeah, because like, <laughs> yeah. oh, he is yeah. very much like fuck the whole system. He's like yeah. the whole system the whole is the problem. He'd be running around with Bucky. Like <laughs> to be honest, like, what are y'all doing yeah. with political parties? Like let's blow stuff up. All right, last two: Natasha Romanoff. I feel like she's anti-big government. I feel like she's got to be a Democrat. I, I, I mean, I... you don't go into a like a, an indoctrination program as a child and come out on the other side sure. like government's a great thing. Like Unless you got indoctrinated. I feel like I... if we're talking Endgame, Natasha, she's definitely not Republican. Uh-huh. Like she's seen every system she's trusted like fail, fall That's apart. True. But uh, but she did align herself with Tony in Civil War. So is there a portion of like uh, there are rules? There's restrictions. Yeah, that. I don't know. Maybe she's more of a moderate. I don't know. I I feel I I I feel like she would be in the Bucky Loki camp. Like that's also possible. I love you. I don't know. Think about this. Final person, Spider Man. He's he's a dem. He's a dem. That's, that's easy for me. That's a an new, easy He's a me. new liberal too. Like he's yeah, like, like he's yeah. like no. He I, yeah. He he would have voted for AOC. For like sure. I I, I would yeah. have no doubt about that. Yeah, for sure. Especially but, with Zendaya. But but again, <laughs> she's not letting that slide. Is this MCU Spider-Man or is this MCU. comic book Spider-Man? I only went MCU. Okay. MCU. Oh then MCU Spider-Man is a dem because MCU. if you went now, comic you went book Peter Spider-Man. Park Incorporated or what was it? Uh, Peter, yeah. Uh, Parker Industries. Oh. That's definitely more Republican. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you for playing. That's all I'm, I got. I'm glad you had that. <laughs> I'm glad you had that. Um, I have a piece of news and I have a feeling it's going to kind of, well, I have two pieces of news. One is okay. a quick hit, quick hit. Uh, first is, is cocaine bear apparently is, is interesting enough to almost dethrone the MCU at the mm-hmm. box office. I believe it. Yeah, it believe did it. really, really well. It came in second. It almost beat out Ant-Man and ladies and gentlemen, we are going to get our cocaine bear inspired spinoffs. Good. Gentlemen Good. care to venture a guess as to what the next drug and animal is yes i know what it is it's a crocodile okay alligator and it is uh, heroin what about what about like a cocaine crab that would be scary like a bunch of cocaine crabs just just like or pcp piranhas and if you need to see cocaine bear and you live in vermilion Head over to Vermilion oh, Theaters. No, there, is, probably. Is, yeah. Okay. Shout is out to the Vermilion Theaters. Are you coming to Vermilion Theaters? That's what I need to know for the weekend. Marcus, you're correct. Uh, it is Meth Gator. Is been they it's been picked up by the asylum, the same studio responsible for the Sharknado franchise. So we are going to get Meth Gator coming soon to I can't wait near you. I can't wait. I'm so excited this movie did well. I honestly I I'm really, I'm really happy about this? it. Elizabeth uh, Banks. That's what I thought. Like, yeah, thought. yeah. So there you go. That's uh, that's the quick hit news. The Love more it. serious piece of news okay. has to do oh, with no. Disney World. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Disney World is a special property. Not just special because it's it the most magical place on earth. It is. But it's a special property because it has the ability to basically govern itself. Or zone tax district. It did before uh, what was announced today, which was the 
government in Florida. And this is the thing that I'm here's the headline for the piece of news I'm about to give you. Right. Or the like the, the quick hit news is somehow Florida has made Disney an underdog because <laughs> because the government of Florida basically voted to dissolve all special what was the word to to dissolve all independent special districts that were created prior to 1968 that would include <laughs> disney world so now disney world doesn't have the ability to govern itself the way that it did now it still will like it will still keep all of the perks that's a, that the company has been able to like keep track of their own land right for the past 50 years but everything else you don't get to make the rules anymore florida does what does and this mean i don't know what this means it taxes it's, it's taxes like. it's taxes and what has been governor DeSantis's big crusade no, as of late so if you had a hiring practice that allowed for more oh diverse God. forces that were present in the park those go away like he's gonna now take a microscope because remember this was a whole crusade that he had over the agenda. This is a very political news piece. Um, yeah, this like, is sorry about that, everybody. Um, <laughs> it is like it. So this is a like very much a spotlight on those particular issues um, for them going forward. And this is relevant because obviously the theme parks are there and there's a lot of crazy things happening there. Brian was just there. Um, yeah. But somehow like all of the things that they were promising as a corporation to be able to do differently because of their special status, they're, they're going to have to probably rethink. Did that pass? Uh, I believe that it did. Yeah, it 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 did pass uh, last year. And I'm I'm reading up on some of the summary of it. So yeah, I, there's a lot of good pieces. I, I I can't recommend the podcast. I don't remember which podcast I listened to, but essentially, mm -hmm. um, there it, there's a ton of stuff out there like of how Disney was able to govern themselves essentially for the mm -hmm. past sixty ish years. Yeah. And essentially it was because of the special district. It was like a special water district is what they called it. And so Disney's essentially Reedy Creek improvement district. Yes. And they basically, they had a five, uh, well, what, what they used to have was a five seat, uh, like board for like the government. That was the government they reported to. And that was all they needed to worry about. And so you needed to live there to be on this five seat council. Well, guess what? Disney pretty much decides who lives there and who doesn't uh, on their land. So they can decide who gets to go into these spots. And so it was more of like mm -hmm. a formality. And, and the big thing that this bill does is it rips that provision out. A lot of the tax stuff stays. I thought a lot of the tax stuff was going to change, but from what I can understand, basically the governor gets to appoint the five people in that district now, yeah. which oh, would cause oh. problems if you were disney so you want to build a new hotel you want to build a new hotel stop pushing your woke agenda and we and we'll approve it oh my gosh i'm dumber hearing this <laughs> you're dumber hearing it but it's a straight up thing that's gonna happen no like, it is it is <laughs> so that's i wanted to bring that to light Ugh. because again it's important we talk about this type of stuff it's not necessarily movie news related but disney stuff is, sort of, is in our atmosphere of topics and this is a relatively bigger I mean, thing that kind of flew under the i mean what did he can't fight back right i mean what uh, i mean what here's happens the, here's well, the thing they moved so many of their park operation stuff to florida right so it, it's almost essentially like you kind of have your own union down mm -hmm. there to a certain extent where they're like 
hey, they're telling us that we can't do things. This again, this is making Disney somehow the underdog, like yeah, Disney yeah. parks specifically, the underdog in the sense of like you're gonna literally turn every single person that went to that theme park <laughs> or who loves living in Florida because of that theme park. You've got to feel at some point in time you've lost them because you're trying to oversee it. Like it's just, there's a lot more here that'll have to play out in the coming weeks, months, years, whatever, but there's nothing that they can do to fight back. It's a, it's a law that takes away. There's not a lot they can do because it's, it's a state law, but it's, it's yeah, it's kind of nuts. <laughs> to be fair, they kind of did stand. Yeah, I mean, you're not, you're not wrong. No, like, I mean, they, Totally <clears throat> I'm never going to fucking Florida. I've never been to Florida, and I have no intention of ever going to fucking Florida. I've been twice. It's a place. I'm not it's going a place. To There's nothing there for me. If you're going to go, go in February. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> because, I'm sweating constantly. because July is dog shit. Like, it's <laughs> the fucking worst. Does hey, July stops the racism, too? No, July is like, hey, because here's the thing. In February, you're just dealing with the racism. Like, and so like you can kind of handle it, right? Like just it's just you can, only you, it's only some diet only, racism only. Guys, guys, it's just it's just institutional <clears throat> racism. Like it's thing. not okay, like it's and nice water and oranges. Yeah, and otherwise <laughs> there's a churro that you can enjoy. Um <laughs> The Chiro, problem with and racism. The, <laughs> that's crazy. The, that's the name of this episode. Yeah. Uh, the the name. Otherwise, the problem with Florida is like in July. It's like, hey, do you want someone to turn a faucet of sweat to run down the crack of your ass from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed? Plus racism? That's <laughs> Jesus. That's just that's a bridge. You're telling too me far. I gotta sweat and experience and, racism? Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's what he's saying. Changes. That's what he's saying. It's, uh, it's I also think great. it's weird. Like, I'm not a political commentator, I'm a movie commentator, but like I also think it's as weird. As like, <laughs> this I'm guy, black, so I gotta pay attention to both. I don't know, man. I'm not picking a fight with a billion dollar mega conglomerate company before I run for president. That seems like I'm not good. Like, I don't do chess a lot, but that seems questionable. For somebody that's benefit, but Disney <laughs> has been, has gotten it right, question mark, quote unquote, right? Mm -hmm. They see that the thing that Kinda. they've been doing that they care about works. Right. Why would you, anyway. Uh, yeah. Here, here's yeah. what I'm going to say. Why would you pick a fight? with a company that can literally make you a villain in any one of the movies that they're going to put out argue free speech and there's not a fucking thing you can I mean, do about it yeah, Zootopia, Zootopia 2 is going to be all pictured around DeSantis oh, a little be, here trying to block AP African American studies Don yeah. Rosantis as, yeah. as the that's villain it, that's it that's I mean, it that's all I it know. is I, like, and all you have to do is make him a rat and you've made your point. Like yeah. that's literally all you have to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think if you're looking at it from a movie standpoint, I mean, like the, it, it, it very well could impact how they fund things and how money is there. I don't think it's going to get to the point where it's like, sorry, there's no more Marvel movies because of the special tax district is gone. I don't think it's going to get to that point, but no. 
I do think stuff is going to happen on the edges that they're going to try to, they're going to try to isolate it. Uh, but there might be stuff that bubbles up, but I, I mean, Disney, they have like, they're, they're one of the richest corporations. I'm sure they're going to be just fine. Yeah. Well, and from a movie perspective, to your point, Brian, like you said, I don't think this is going to impact the movies <laughs> that get made. It's no. going to impact the synergy that they try to have between the oh, movies and their, for sure. Parts, you know, like it just means like if there's a strong back lead, <laughs> That's not going to be a character you can meet at Disney World. Like that. That's literally. I mean, that, no, that doesn't change anything. Right? I don't know. I don't think that they can change that because if they, if you have that character, which you have the freedom of speech to do and the freedom, of, it's just you can't. Yeah. Yeah. The hiring restrictions is the thing that gets like. Oh yeah, that's the other one. You know what I mean? Like, and it. Anyway, yeah. if there was equality from the jump, you wouldn't have needed the other law. That's a fantastic point. That's a fantastic point. If like, the shit was just a fair game from the from the jump, you yeah. wouldn't need the shit. And everybody's now trying to pretend that we don't need that anymore. It doesn't happen. No, it <laughs> still fucking happens. And it's y'all fault the shit happens. So what the fuck July. are we talking about? Government yeah. is trying to control some shit. Government created the monster too. So what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's going to be interesting to see how that plays out with how Disney releases stuff too. Yeah. So, yeah. Fuck the Santas. Hey, yeah, that's a great way to put it. That's yep. Uh, any other uh news pieces that you all have? Uh, no, <laughs> I, I just got here. <laughs> I have, I have, a, I have one more piece that we could discuss if we do it. To. Uh, Let it rip. So, gentlemen, I'm seeing a rumor float around and it relates to Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. We saw that, yeah, we did last week. <laughs> um, so there is a rumor that Kang is not dead. And there are folks who are now we are starting to turn our attention to Victor Timely and Victor Timely for those again, spoiler alert for Ant-Man and the Wasp. The post-credits scene has uh, Mobius and Loki looking at Victor Timely in what looks like 1884. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the thing that we are starting to bring to light is that Victor Timely is an alias for the Kang that we experience. He's not a different version it's literally Kang jumps to a timeline like an old school timeline. Right. And presents himself as Victor Timely. Like he's not, mm. this isn't a variant. Like it is the Kang. So the rumor uh. is, is that the Kang that made it out or got locked away. Oh. Got sent back in time. Isn't his presenting as Victor Timely. I believe that because there was another, uh. there was another video I saw that talked about the end of Loki season one. Mm-hmm. When you see um, Kang, because it talked about how, Kang already won, right? Yeah, right. That there is a conqueror because we see the statue in Loki season one. Yep. There has to be some form of a Kang mm-hmm. that exists already like that. Oh, yeah. And I would believe that, no, he didn't die. We, like, what's the rule, Brian? No blood, no body. Hey, no, no body, no death. Like, no body, no death. So, like, yeah. of course he's somewhere because it's a time. Like, the movie was based yeah. around time and quantumness things. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that's fine. That's all I had. Was that? Don't was pick the timely to destroy this timeline. Just start. I mean, over. well, not the whole timeline. Keep I, us well, and our families, I, but destroy the Florida. That that, <laughs> that one. Destroy this timeline. I mean, or at least fix the racism. Yeah. <laughs> All the, the black man jumping time to time and shit, and you ain't fixing the racism. You so worried about getting your whatever it is you lost back. Fix the racism. Can't I would also use the you. time chair. Yeah. I would also like to point out. I said, did I didn't tell him to fix the heat? 
The racism, the racism is the problem. The racism. Because if you <laughs> fix the racism, the heat doesn't seem as bad. I only get more agitated. I can about tolerate heat I sweat. The racism. Yeah, I can tolerate sweat. Yeah, do the right thing. <laughs> there you go. Uh, gentlemen, anything else that you all want to talk about for this particular episode? I like how I just hop in here and just start saying random oh, shit. Man. Nah, man. I, I feel like... Uh, Man, I mean, honestly, we're gonna we're gonna be rolling off a Last of Us, and then Mandalorian's gonna start. So that's oh, that's my emotional that's support show handoff. So that's, that's a big true. deal in my world. I really, and <laughs> Marcus just left again. He's yeah. just like, fuck it, that figures. Um, <laughs> Let him go. Um, what I'll say is, is that I'm actually really relieved that like Daredevil hasn't started yet. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Did what y'all happened. kick me out of here for the black black? Nah, animal? man. Nah, not uh, me. I don't know. I didn't like that. <laughs> Um, no, uh, <laughs> I was gonna, I was saying, like, I'm really glad that Daredevil hasn't started yet because yeah. there's no way I could yeah. handle Daredevil, Last of Us, and The Mandalorian all at the same time. Dude. Shout out to Primetime TV coming back, though, right? I was <laughs> waiting at 9 p.m. Like, for fucking Last of Us. And oh my god, also, Zoro putting it here on this podcast, right? I haven't checked on my TikTok lately, but Manifested. um. Zorro. I watched The Legend of Zorro and The Mask of Zorro, both on Netflix. Here's my ask. If you don't listen to anything else, listen to this part. We need another Zorro. More Zorro. I don't know if you place him in recent times. I don't think you could do it. I think Zorro is more of a time character because that's the way that he's set up. But I think there can be a continuation of some sort or some type of version, adaptation of Zorro. He had a son in The Legend of Zorro called Joaquin. I would love for either and uh, I keep calling this man Andrew Pascal, uh, Pedro Pascal, and or Oscar Isaac to play the new Zorro. Yes, I would be fine with that. That'd be great. Can I actually? I I think I might. I think I might want a modern day Zorro. How do you do it though, without it being Batman? The guy just uses swords. Zorro Here's... don't use guns, and he got a horse. I think you take it the same way. That you take the assassins, that the Assassin's Creed storyline, like from the video game, Uh which is this is a man exploring (laughs) his history, Mm -hmm. uncovers his history, his history and realizes and uncovers all these memories of who he once was unlocking things like in his DNA and who Mm -hmm. he was. And that's how you can have all the other different Zoros influencing whoever's in modern times. And then you put him in florida and you have him fight <laughs> everybody in florida that was I mean, a, what a plot that, twist that's a no. great i love it as to be a honest device like the you get like a little bit of like actiony zorro stuff you get a little bit of sci-fi like i feel like it could do I, the florida thing was a joke like you really <laughs> could do a lot of different stuff no we really do need him in florida um but seriously go but yeah it. there was like a futuristic zorro cartoon show and it was like it wasn't that good but like I, it's hard to do zorro not in past times. I I don't know. I I feel like I do feel like we need a renaissance of of these mid tier budget uh, mm. action movies. Yeah. I really feel that in my bones. We've talked about it with the Mummy. Dark. We talked about it with National Treasure. And I feel like, and I promise this is going to connect. But I feel like Cocaine Bear shows people that like. They don't need a connected universe to enjoy something like oh, there yeah. is a want oh, for yeah. people to just like walk into a theater, like knock at the cabin and just be like, show me something fun. Yeah. And Sil- like Silent Night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I feel like a new Zorro, a new Oceans, a new National Treasure, like all of that new mummy that would all 
fit the bill. Agreed. Like that would all that would Agreed. all work. And Save Oscar like, Isaac for the new mummy. He and, can play Rick O'Connell. Yeah, and then put Pedro Pascal in in Zorro. And that'd be Mark, great. You all remember when Catherine Zeta Jones was a sex symbol? Oh, you remember that? How could you I remember forget? when she was showing up in everything? Oh, boy. She I, wore I, long I dresses do. that covered her ankles, and I was still just <laughs> enthralled. <laughs> a beautiful woman. I remember people probably were like, a mom. I, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow! Full circle moment. Wow. And you know what I found out? We were right last last, last podcast. Y'all I mean, got me pinned. Marcus is so well. Oh my gosh! I started evaluating myself, and I said, "You know what? Thirties <laughs> and up." I mean, she's yeah. I mean, she's definitely yeah above that for she's, sure. She's fifty three. There you go. Yeah, that's true. That's Catherine Zeta and Michael, Michael Douglas. Douglas. Yeah, that's, that's true. Great. I almost would have thought Antonio Banderas and Catherine Zeta's own because they because they had some good chemistry in Zorro. So oh, I was, they did. I was like, damn, like are y'all y'all was really kissing in that one scene? <laughs> they were feeling it. They were feeling it. <laughs> um, I want you also to prompt that the statement we made on last week's podcast about being into older women prompted Brittany and I to dive into our phones about every actress Marcus has ever. <laughs> That is attractive uh, and try to figure out like an average age. What was it? What was the uh, like your average I age is like brought that it, average real your, far down. Your average age is like 38. Like that. <laughs> like, your average yeah. age is yeah. like 36 to 38. Man, like with, with, with Haley Steinfeld and um, Zendaya being like the outliers. Oh, but like yep. Yep. Hannah Weddingham is like 45. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, Catherine Zeta-Jones is 53. Uh, like it's those others that are just, yeah. it's bringing your average down. Yeah, that that all uh, that all makes sense, Brad. That all makes sense. Yeah. yeah, no, like I see the math adding up, like down the column. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, hit enter on the Excel everything's in the Excel sheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yep, yep. What can I say? I'm not ashamed. I love my mature. Yeah, don't woman. be. Let that flag fly. Yes. Uh, Let your flag fly. <laughs> gentlemen, uh, anything else that you all would like to chat about? <laughs> okay, great. We'll turn it over to the love no, nerds, Brian. No, Brian, I, plus I, that I love nerd shit. Image come up before I can say no, <laughs> and like, I started no. laughing. Is there anything else you want to talk about? The love nerds, thelovenerds.com. Hey, uh, if you are regular listeners to the podcast, you already know what I'm going to say. But the thing I will say is that thelovenerds.com is a great place for all of your lifestyle blogging needs. It is a one-stop shop for recipes, creative ideas, and everything that you need to make your spring sprung. So go check out thelovenerds.com. Marcus, anything that you'd like to plug? I would like to plug MILFs. Now coming <laughs> Trust me, they don't need to plug. They can plug <laughs> They don't need they, they can they don't they don't need the help. They don't need any other promo. The way I almost <laughs> fell out of my chair with that graphic coming up. I want to plug the mantra. You know what it is. Follow the mantra. Never offend it. Always humble. We're pushing back our music release this month to next month so we can make sure we're doing it right. But yeah. currently working on new music. Have a new album that'll be coming out soon. We are working, not very, not in the immediate future, but it will be coming out fairly soon this year. Um, working on a love album. It'll be called Somebody Two. If you haven't heard Somebody One, that is a project that I did when I was on SoundCloud. It's still up and available if you ever want to go listen. Filled with love songs. Until then, 
Continue to follow the mantra. Never offended. Always humble. Go buy yourself some gear at followthemantra.myspreadshop.com. And you want to go buy yourself something nice. Those uh, Valentine's Day designs will be coming down at the end of February. And then we'll be putting something up um, somewhere in March. So make sure you get your gear. But above anything else, follow the mantra. Never offended. Always humble. Word. Uh, the thing I'd like to plug is this podcast. Yes, uh, so uh, if you enjoyed what you heard, uh, share us with a friend. That's the best way, best way for folks to hear more about us. So share the love with your friends. If you feel like you want to join the Patreon, head over to patreon.com slash films in black and white. A lot of different options tier wise. Um, helps you become a producer of the show. Helps you pick movies we're going to watch next week uh, or in a couple weeks. We'll do an Ask Us Anything. You get to submit questions to us for that. So um, it'll be a lot of fun. So head over right. there, check that stuff out. I want to play some music real quick. Okay, please. Yes. Okay. But somebody got to talk because you know it doesn't Okay, yep, yep, it's weird. Like, yep, uh-huh. we can talk. Yeah. So we are also going to, we've got. Can you hear? I got, I got, um, I was just trying to dial in. I was yeah, also yeah, trying yeah. to dial in. Um, we have a three step process to success. So, gentlemen, Brian. Hey, folks. Uh, look nothing new here but the one thing i do want to remind you is to read a book and i can't tell you how many times reading a book is good for you if you don't do it for yourself do it for the people around you be the person that reads a book be that friend be that person read a book word up i want the last one okay uh, so the second step of success is to drink some water. Uh, look, y'all, it's important. Stay hydrated. Treat yourself to some nice water. You know, you might be feeling like you, you got that taste of salt in your mouth. You need a glass of water. So just get yourself some water. Stay hydrated. It's good for you. It's good for the community. It's good for everybody. Uh, drink your water. Marcus, relegate us to the third step. Listen. This is one of my favorite steps ever. As February comes to a close, as you're listening to this, Black History Month may be over, and I want to thank you for celebrating what drinks more alcohol. <laughs> what I love you, our community. Alcohol has water community. in it, too, and we love that, too. Okay? It's a part so, of the process. It is a part of the process. And if you drink Rumpelman's, that's just as twice, right? Just as nice. So make sure you are washing your ass. Black History Month is coming to an end, okay? But that doesn't mean that it's ending. It's Black History Year, all right? And Women's History Month is also beginning. So it don't stop here, all right? We don't stop the celebrations year-round. The scientists can't come to this podcast and tell us what the fuck to do, no, okay? No, he's not invited. So that's all I really wanted to say was don't be like a stinky dick like DeSantis, okay? Wash your ass, put soap in there, run, run it down the crack of your ass, get a new towel, and start over. But yeah, wash your ass. It's important. You need to do it. That does it for and MILFs. Uh, March. MILFs. MILFs. Sponsors, brought to you by Films in Black and White. <laughs> MILFs. Brought to you by Films in Black and White and Children. And, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that does it for this week's episode of Films in Black and White. We will be back next week uh, with a fantabulous episode. Uh, so in the meantime and the between time, stay safe, stay healthy. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. We'll catch y'all next week.